0: Hello baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012 and it is now May 16th, 2016. This is episode number 1301 and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a nice calm little breezy day in Pasadena, California where my view overlooks the historic Rose Bowl. I am doing this podcast. I'm actually going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm recording this Sunday afternoon, not on Monday. And I am recording this after I took a nap. And in fact, there are people we've had a it was my birthday weekend. And I recorded the podcast you've heard over the last few days, uh, the the Saturday and Sunday podcast, I recorded uh, ahead of time, so I can just spend the weekend with my family and doing nice things for my birthday, and we got back, and I was really zonked, and I took a nap, and my wife took a nap, and my kids dozed off for a little bit, and I was prepared because I know I'm going to be running around a bit like a gorilla Today, Monday, I, I had a old podcast that I had, had planned, I'd written out, and I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna record it. But when I woke up, my cell phone, which is never more than an arm's reach away from me, because uh, it is my addiction, was charging not far from my head. And I saw that I had received several text messages. Now many I received a lot of text messages this weekend, most of them from people wishing me a happy birthday. But I got one from Aaron Foley. Aaron Foley is a wonderful, wonderful stand-up comic. She has been a guest on this show several times, and she has the my absolute favorite podcast, uh, sports podcast in the world, one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and certainly my favorite sports podcast, is Sports Without Balls. Which I've been a guest on. I've been one of the few male guests on Sports Without Balls, and it's been it's a funny, really good quality show where Aaron brings on guests. I'd say ninety-seven percent of them are women, and they talk about sports and they and it's the sort of forum which, let's let's face it, doesn't really exist in other platforms other than podcasts. So, I get texts from her, and i 'm they're usually about her fantasy team she 's a fantasy team called the Rockford Peaches, and i can 't believe that her fantasy team is not only is so omnipresent that not only does she talk about it all the time on her podcast but it's now bleeding over into mine and so normally she 'll send me a thing saying like Ryan Hannigan's hurt should I pick up uh, 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 should I pick up uh, Sanchez, or should I pick up?" Uh, Uh, I can't even think of someone else right now. That's how bleary-eyed I am right now. But it's just like, I need this person. This person or this person? Who should I go? And "Ah!" And I make a quick decision. And I sound very regal when I do it. So I figured one of her players got hurt. I looked at the text message, and I'll read you exactly what the text message said. Odor just clocked Bautista amazing. Now, that reads like an old-time telegraph that you got, you know, Odor, clocked, Bautista, stop, amazing, stop, and so I'm like, okay, got to see what this is all about, and I went, I went and I watched the highlights, and I thought, whoa, whoa, this is not a fight that normally exists in baseball, where there's a lot of posturing, and a lot of, yeah, you throw the first throw, you throw the first fight, blah, 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 all that stuff. This was Rugnet Odor sliding into Jose Batista. No, the other way around. Jose Batista sliding into Rugnet Odor. I just woke up. And he, they start to tussle, and Odor lands one. He throws a punch at Batista, and he lands it. And the bench is clear, and it's, they, they clear for quite a while. There were there was fighting, there was there's and there was those kind of fights where there's like the entire team is out there, and then you kind of see there's ripples, like there's a little ripple over here, so something's going on over here. These may be just a bunch of dudes standing around, but something's happening over there. And, oh, there's something going on over here too. And Adrian Beltre is holding back Jose Batista the whole time. I gotta give my thoughts on this, because this is clearly the story of the day. And I, I think it's worth talking about because it comes to bring up something that I think is should be true about baseball and should be something that baseball should be looking at. And I'm probably not going to say what you think. First and foremost, um, I'm very happy about something, and I think we should all be very happy about something, that happened before the game. And this doesn't always happen with Texas, The Texas Rangers were wearing bright red tops and red hats. The Toronto Blue Jays were wearing blue tops, solid blue tops, and blue caps. The reason I bring that up is a few years ago, the uh, Angels played a game in Texas. The Rangers were wearing bright red tops and red caps. And the Angels were wearing bright red tops and red caps. It looked like only it looked like a split squad game. Like everyone was wearing the same looking uniform. And there are many times that the Texas Rangers wear their blue uniforms at home. I think that's insanity. I think they should wear red at home, blue on the road. Not a very hard, you know, not very hard to figure that out. But as I was watching this melee, I was thinking: Imagine if the Rangers busted out their blue hats and their blue tops, and you wouldn't know who the hell you're supposed to be fighting in this. And this is pretty clear. I don't know if you ever saw the movie *Ron*, the the, the great Japanese film *Ron*, uh, which is basically a, a, a it's not really a samurai film; it's just a war film in feudal Japan, and. In it, it's an incredible movie, and there are these whole battle scenes of these armies that are running at each other, and they're just swinging at each other. It's just an incredible, incredible film, and an incredible action film as well. Believe me, it is not. I don't like firing films. You'll like this one, trust me. And during some of their battle scenes, which it very clearly films like Braveheart, you know, kind of borrowed from, and. There are all these dudes dressed the same, running at each other, and the way you could tell who was who is each person had a flag attached to their kind of backpacks, like those little flags you'd see on a bicycle that, uh, you know, for safety, and each flag had a different either color or symbol on it, and that's who you know, okay, you kill the person with that on their backpack and not the other person. And watching this kind of reminded me of Ron, that, okay, you make sure you clock the person who's wearing red and not blue. Now, I've stated before, I'm not a fan of beanball wars. I'm really not. And I'm not really a big fan of, of, of fights for the sake of fights. I, I like to watch baseball. I like to see stuff take place on the field. Uh, and, and I find beanball wars to be moronic, and I don't... Go to a, you know it's like when the, the the game that Red Sox fans remember in 2004 is the game where Varitek and Alex Rodriguez got into it and started fighting. And I, I, first of all, I'll always say that if it was reversed and it was Jorge Posada picking a fight with someone, and Posada left his mask on, like Varitek left his mask on. Uh, that Red Sox fans would get all over Posada, just like Yankee fans get all over Varitek. But the fact of the matter is, is that should not have been what was memorable about that game. What should have been memorable that game was Bill Miller hitting a walk-off home run against Mariano Rivera. That's what turned the season around. So, uh, you know, fights don't necessarily impress me. But I have to say, there's something about this fight that sort of made my eyes light up a little bit. Think about this. This is one of the advantages, one of the real advantages of the extended postseason. What are you talking about, Salih? It's May. Obviously, this is a blood feud that began last October. The, the Rangers and the Blue Jays played a very tense, dramatic, back-and-forth season uh, series in the division series last year. The Rangers took the first two games, one of them in extra innings. Tor- uh, Toronto won the next two games in Texas. It boiled over to that wild Game 5 where the Rangers had the lead with Cole Hamels on the mound and all sorts of crazy stuff going on and that weird wild inning that capped off with Jose Bautista's home run that put him away, and, of course, the bat flip heard around the world. I had no problem with a bat flip. I really don't. I still don't have a problem with a bat flip. That was, I don't mind bat flips to begin with. Give me 40,000 bat flips over a single beanball war. And do you know what? If you're saying that, you know, if this was a home run and the Blue Jays were losing 9 to nothing, and it was a game in April, and you put that bat flip, I could see someone saying, dude, calm down. But this was a series-deciding home run. This was a home run that said, yeah, we're going to win this. We're moving on. We're freaking Toronto. And Bautista, who's been a Blue Jay forever, being that's right, and he's a cocky SOB, and cocky SOBs are not bad. They're not bad for the game. And this obviously is where the anger and frustration towards Bautista and towards the Blue Jays that's felt by the Texas Rangers. Well, guess what, folks? We now have reason to tune in to the Rangers and the Blue Jays. What was the podcast I did just yesterday? Posted just yesterday was episode 1300 where we're talking about how Red Sox, Yankees... As dull and as lifeless as that rivalry is right now. And this is coming from a lifelong Red Sox fan who lived in New York. Okay? I'm the first to admit, the life is out of that rivalry. But we now have a rivalry, a real rivalry, that is based upon recent blood feud. The The fight between Varitek and A-Rod was not just based upon the fact that it's the Red Sox and Yankees. It was based upon there was a lot of recent bad blood between those two franchises who had gone the previous year to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, and there was no love lost between the two franchises. When you have no love lost between two franchises who are coming off of a postseason matchup that people remember, I I will go out and I'll say that probably the postseason series that most people remember from last year was probably not the world series even though there were several extra inning games and some close wild games probably not the cubs mets series because that turned into a sweep and probably not the league championship series even though the series between the royals and the texas rangers was solid it was probably that series between texas and toronto that is the series that people remember the most and it was bitter and it was not pretty and it was not friendly, and this is something that baseball can build upon. Yes, they need to build upon the stars. Yes, they need to build upon the Mike Trouts and the Bryce Harpers and the Giancarlo Stantons and the Felix Hernandezes and the Andrew McCutcheons of the world and the Buster Poseys of the world, who you can look and say, okay, these are big stars that we can really get behind. They also have to create reasons to follow teams, especially when they match up. The NFL does a great job of this, and it's not always big market teams. You know, the the NBA for a while did a very good job of it when it's focused around stars. Well, it's not always going to be Red Sox-Yankees. Sometimes you're going to see Toronto versus Texas. Sometimes you can circle that on your calendar and say, look at." You know, you're not going to get the big TV ratings and everything like that, but if you are a fan of the game, you can point people to that direction and say, hey, here's a reason to watch. Here are two teams. Now, granted, Toronto's off to a disappointing start, but look me in the eye and tell me you think that Troy Tulowitzki is going to bat sub 200 this year. Look me in the eye and tell me you think Josh Donaldson's going to have a down year. Okay they're they're off to a disappointing start they will turn it around i pick them to win the east you know boston and baltimore currently ahead of them i still think that toronto has the talent and has the horses the fact that they're having good pitching once the bats really heat up i really think they're going to go on a big win streak and texas i look at i think the california angels are a mess i think the astros are disappointing i think the a's you know i love the a's and i'd love to see the a's do well i don't See them putting together a 90 win team this year, unless things really start to click. Uh, I think the Rangers are a better team than Seattle Mariners. What I'm saying is that these are two teams that play in, ve- in very different situations, very different locations, and cities that you associate with other sports. You think of Texas, you know, that's basically Dallas. They play, they play across the street from the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's going to be Dallas. And, you th- and that's you know, a football place. You think of Toronto, obviously Toronto's the big city of Canada. Canada, you think of hockey. The, the Hockey Hall of Fame is in Toronto. So for marketing the game, a Canadian hockey town and a Texas football town, yeah, it may be harder than saying Sox Yankees. It might be harder than saying Cubs-Cardinals. That may mean you have to get off your butt and do some work. But it's very easy to tell the people, hey, you may not be a big baseball fan, but you may see two people trying to beat the crap out of each other. You may see a fight or two. You may see some people screaming at each other. And, oh, yeah, you might see some good baseball, too. This was a 7-6 game. It was a come-from-behind victory on the three-run homer by Ian Desmond. Isn't it funny? Like the veritech A-Rod game, it was a big home run that was overshadowed by this. And this one, Desmond's home run, is going to be overshadowed by it. This is the sort of blood feud rivalry that needs to be propped up, pointed out, and and well marketed. If ESPN won't do it, that MLB better. You can do this. You can say, hey, this is this is where some really intense, not-so-friendly baseball is going to be played. And, well, you know, I've made the James Bond analogy before, and I've made it again. What are the best James Bond films? What are the most memorable ones? The best ones are the ones that have the best villain. It's not that hard to figure out. Why do people love Goldfinger so much? Because it has Goldfinger and Pussy Galore and Job. You know, you remember Jaws from Spy Who Loved Me and, and Javier Bardem's character in uh, uh, Skyfall. It was one of the best Bond films. Why? Was it because it was with Daniel Craig's intensity? No, Daniel Craig was intense in Quantum of Solace, and that film sucked. You know, Roger Moore was in some terrible James Bond films, but he was in some good ones that you remember because the, the villains were great. Sean Connery is the great James Bond of all time. Some of his Bond films stunk, Diamonds are forever stunk because the villains stunk. Well, in this, you have villains. You have guys you can root against. Aaron Foley texted me, "I hate Batista." She hates Joey Bats. And Joey Bats can walk the walk as a player and also be the villain. I think Bryce Harper should be a villain too. I happen to like Bryce Harper, but I understand why people don't like Bryce Harper. So there's a reason to root against them. There is a re- there. You got two players right there that you can root against, and that you can make it so when you have Toronto play Texas, a matchup that a few years ago would have made you go, "What? Why would I be remotely interested in Toronto versus Texas?" That's a game that's just filling up the damn schedule. It can be something go like, "Oh, you got oh, we gotta watch this." This could get ugly. It's probably two slugging teams, so you're not going to see a pitcher's duel, and it's probably going to get ugly, and it's probably going to be a wild game. These are the things that you can do to help sell baseball. Bad guys, rivalries, bad blood, and potential October matchups, because I think these two teams will wind up in the postseason. By the way, there's another person that was very, very easy to root against, or very easy to poke fun at, and be the poster child of arrogance and blown opportunities. And his name came up today as well. And I just want to bring this up because it'll probably get lost, like the Ian Desmond Homer, lost in the shuffle of the kerfuffle. The shuffle of the kerfuffle. That may be what I titled this episode. The winning pitcher, look at the victories when you get out of the bullpen are a borderline bizarre farce and I and I'm the first to admit it when you get this guy threw three pitches and they had a big comeback rally and he gets a victory out of it uh, you know obviously that's insane and the relief pitcher victory is a borderline worthless stat if not completely worthless but it is worth bringing this up who got the victory Matt Bush Matt Bush. Was the number one pick overall in the two thousand four draft by the San Diego Padres. Number two was Justin Verlander. Matt Bush was a local kid, a shortstop, and was an absolute disaster. He, his play fell apart. He got in trouble with the law. He was a complete he was the poster child for how a team could blow the first pick overall. And so here we are, twelve years later, 12 years of slogging in the minor leagues and being in every article about the first pick overall, the Padres had a chance to draft Justin Verlander, they wound up playing it cheap and drafting a local kid, it turned into a catastrophe. Imagine if Verlander was pitching in Petco Park, blah, 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 blah. Matt Bush is a disaster. Matt Bush is a joke. Hey, Matt Bush finally made it to the majors as a pitcher not as a shortstop, and at least got one win. At least got one win in this column. So did he turn into the big superstar that the Padres were hoping he would? No. No. Does it make the fact that he was picked first overall not a complete catastrophe of the Padres? It will always be a catastrophe for the Padres because they could have had an ace pitcher like Verlander. But is it nice to see that a guy could get his life back together, redeem himself, and make it to the major leagues, and at least put something in his win column? I think there's something so symbolic that, yeah, relief wins are really nothing, don't really mean anything, and yeah, this may not be the greatest accomplishment in the world, but at least it's something positive for Matt Bush. And I can't help but feel good for him for that. So think about it, we need to build up this rivalry. Why? Because of heroes and villains and Oddjob and Goldfinger and Bautista. His name's Joey Bats. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to think of how you're gonna turn him into a villain and make a Toronto, Texas game appealing even for the casual fan. Go to MLBReports.com and listen to my updated links of Who Owned Baseball. You can go to SullyBaseball.wordpress.com. You can like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 16th day of May, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.